going to begin reading uh, with uh, verse 1. We're going to talk about the potter and the clay this morning, the potter uh, and the clay. If you have your Bibles, Jeremiah 18, this is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, and he said, Can I not do with you, Israel, as this potter does, declares the Lord? Like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O Israel." It's interesting that God says to Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house. Now, now when he's saying go down, the, the place where Jeremiah is when he says that is he's at the temple, he's at the church. And you're thinking, well, if the Lord's going to speak, he's going to speak at church, right? Wouldn't God speak from the pulpit, speak from the preacher? That's where God speaks to us when Phil gets up on Sunday mornings. That's the only God time God can talk, right? Wrong. God loves to speak through the arts. How many of you sometimes you hear a song and you just say, God spoke to me through that song? Or maybe you'll see a painting and, and God spoke to you through a particular painting. Or you heard a poem and, and God spoke to you uh, through a poem. You might have saw a Facebook post and God spoke to you uh, through that. Um, Darren, as I mentioned, is an artist. When I was back in Illinois, um, I had been at the church for 19 years and had just developed a wonderful, wonderful relationship with my staff. And um, when uh, I was getting ready to leave, the staff presented me with this piece of art that spoke to me deeply, and it's, and it's simply the word trust. And, and what those keys are, which, which just really speaks to me, is these are their house keys, these, these are the house keys of the people that are on my staff and, and some of the, the, the members of our church that just gave me their keys to say, you know what, this is how we feel about you and we give you the keys. To our, you know, They didn't preach me a sermon, but, but Darren made this piece of art and it really, really uh, spoke to me just with that simple word, uh, trust. Eugene Peterson, who wrote the uh, translation of the Bible called The Message, said that artists have always held a prominent place in bringing the message of the gospel to life and making it personally present to us. Art and those who create it communicate the gospel and transcendence through the inspiration of the God of creativity who inspires the art and the artist. Tim Keller said the church needs artists because without art we cannot reach the world. The simple fact is... The imagination gets you even when your reason is completely against the idea of God. Christian Wyman said art is so often better at theology than theology is. So he said, go down to the potter's house. I was remembering a time when God spoke to me in a way that was kind of unusual and kind of artistic. I was trying to make a discernment about whether to come to to Knoxville, you know, after 19 great years in Murfreesboro, Illinois. And I was staying out at Whitestone, and I was actually staying out there because 
because I was visiting this church to to, to try to discern whether God would have us to come to Knoxville. And, and I was spending some time with God, and I, I walked out down this path that Paul Cowell has at Whitestone, and he's got these, uh, he's got these cattle called Highland, Highland something cattle. What are they called? But they're, they're Highland cattle with these big unusual horns on them. And when you go out there, there's this place that says, Ring the bell. Ring the bell and, um, and, and here's some food here. And when you ring the bell, these cattle will come and you can feed these cattle. So I rang the bell. I could see the cows. I could see the cows. And I rang the bell. And the cows didn't come. I rang it again. And the cows didn't come. I, I held up the, the food. And then the cows just looked at me from a distance. And in the strangest way, you ever had one of those impressions you just felt like the Lord was, was just kind of speaking to you? I was thinking about my church back in Illinois, and I thought, you know what? They need somebody else to ring the bell. You've been ringing it for 19 years, and they need to hear somebody else ring the bell for them. Now, I know it's weird, but, and it's, uh, but, but that was one of the strange ways that I just felt like the Lord spoke to me. It was kind of interesting. I came, came to Knoxville. And I went back to Whitestone recently, and I went to see those same cattle. I rang the bell, and the cows came immediately. And I thought, you know what? Here I am. And, and uh, so I'm not calling you cows, by the way. I just wanted to, 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 to clarify that. But, but God speaks. And, and, and what the Scripture said at the very beginning was that, that I went to the potter, and the potter was at work on his wheel. The potter was at work on his wheel. And what I believe that God was saying to Jeremiah and what he's saying to us today is that God is at work in your life. And some of you need to hear that this morning, that no matter what you're going through and no matter what situation you find yourself in this morning, um, when I read that passage, it was almost like the potter is in, the doctor is in. I went down to the potter's house and I saw that the potter was at work on his wheel. Some of you need to hear today that whatever you're going through, some of you are going through a difficult time in in your life right now. Some of you are going through a happy time in your life right now. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, God wants to say to us this morning that he is at work in your life. He's at work in the wheel. And, and, and I love that image of the wheel. And we didn't have a potter's wheel this morning. Darren's doing pottery freehand this morning. But the idea of this wheel is that potters use a wheel to turn and, and to form their pottery. And as I thought about that wheel, I thought of the turning of the seasons and summer and winter and springtime and fall and the wheel keeps turning but as as that wheel keeps turning some years seem like they're great years some years feel like they're difficult years but whatever it is that you're going through in your life god wants you to know that he is at work in your life it's important to know that the 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 hebrew word that's translated potter there uh comes from the the hebrew word yatsar which means to fashion 
or to form. The interesting thing about that is that in Genesis chapter 1, when God was creating humans and he reaches down into the dust and into the dirt, he uses the same word, yatsar, that, 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 that God is forming you. He's working you like a potter. He is our creator, and he's forming, and he's fashioning us, and he's shaping us on his divine wheel. But as we read the scripture, it said, but the pot that he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. Something was, something was wrong with the pot. Darren's gone to pot here. But uh, you can see that there's a, there's a uh, you know, it, it, it's one thing that I loved about what the passage said there, it was marred in his hands. And I want you to know that, w- that when you're going through something in your life, you're not out of his hands. He does have the whole world in his hands. He does have you and me, brother, and you and me, sister, in his hands. And even when you're marred, I want to say this this morning, that your mistakes, listen, listen to me, church, your mistakes do not have to be fatal. The things in your life, the, the, the mars, the spoiling, the, the ruin that comes to your life does not have to be fatal. You see, clay has a purpose, and clay has a role. The role of clay is to stay soft and centered. It's it's to remain soft and centered. It's not to become so hard that the the potter can't work with you anymore. And, And the reason I say centered is because when a potter is working on the wheel, it's when, it's when the clay becomes off-center that the pot is ruined and has to be restarted again. And so it's a, important that we keep our lives centered and it's important that we keep our lives soft so that the potter can continue to work on our lives. So what happens when What happens when there's a crack in the pot? The Bible says that the potter simply formed it into another pot, shaping it as seems best to him. We have all kinds of we have all kinds of pots up here this morning and pottery up here this morning, and uh, I'm thankful to Southeastern Salvage they let me use all these and these broken ones as well this morning, but. And, and, I, and I went down to Carm and I bought some other pottery. But, but, you know, all of us have a different purpose, don't we? This, is, this was created to be a sugar bowl, I believe. You know, this is a, this is a coffee cup. This, this, this pot has, a, this, this, this particular piece of pottery has a very special purpose to it. Uh, this looks to be some kind of candy dish. Uh, uh, every, every, every different... Um, piece of pottery has a different purpose that it was that it was created for i like this one over here this is a this is a little creamer whoops it was a creamer i think it still is this is a a little a creamer piece of pottery but it looks like a bird and it's it's unique and and uh, i got that and i here's what it, it just told me about god he made us 
for purpose, but he didn't just make us for purpose. He also made us for beauty. See, see, one thing that I like about a potter is that it's not just a factory that's that, 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 that's putting out plates, but it's but it, but it's the idea of an artist who is who is creating all of us. All of us uh, have different parts of the body, and all of us play a particular role. But he didn't just make us to to play a particular role, but he made us to be beautiful. And all of you are beautiful and. And God is doing something unique, and each of you have a particular purpose that he's created you for. And, and, and he did that. Why? He did that to glorify himself because the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. Taylor, as you were singing that song this morning, it will be my joy to say, your will your way. Have your will in my life. Have your way in my life. What I find is when I try to create my own life, first of all, I get off purpose, and it's not as beautiful as if, as if I say, God, you have a plan for my life, and you're doing it for your glory, and you're doing it for your pleasure. So if you'll put me on the potter's wheel, I submit myself. Here's what I will promise you this morning. If you'll submit yourself to what God created you for, you'll have a more fulfilling life than if you try to do it by yourself. If you try to go your own way and create your own, uh, create your own path, and, and we ruin it every time, but if, but if we as the clay can say, okay, God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, I submit myself, I stay soft before you, mold me and make me, because, because even though it might hurt sometimes as your hand and you're, and you're making indentations here, and I, I feel that in my life, but as you're doing that, Lord, I just submit that you're doing it because you've got some purpose in my life and you're trying to make something beautiful. You know, there's a big argument in theology. Is, is, um, is God in control, or do we have free will? You know, is, is, are we just, um, is it um, uh, like predestination that God just predestines everything, and we're just sort of uh, robots in his hands, or do we have some free will? You know what I think this story tells us? I think the story tells us yes to both. I think the story tells us that God is sovereign and he has a plan for our life and he wants to work his plan in our life and he's in control. But if we want to become unruly, if we want to get off-centered, if we want to, it's not the potter that allows it to go off-center, but we have the freedom to to get off track and and to get off-center. So like clay in the hand of the potter, God says to Jeremiah, so are you in my hands. Uh, some of you uh, uh, know who Charles Stanley is. Uh, he's been preaching forever uh, on television. But he has a son named Andy Stanley who leads a great church in, in Atlanta. And, uh, and, and his father, Charles Stanley, went through a particularly difficult time. He went through a painful divorce, actually, uh, while he was still pastoring First Baptist Dallas. And um, it was excruciatingly painful for, for Charles. And as you can imagine, it created a lot of you know, issues in the church and people were asking for his 
job, and it was a painful, painful time for Charles Stanley, and and uh, so, but and he survived it, and he's doing great, and the church is doing great, and in Atlanta but but Andy Stanley interviewed his father one time and he said he said uh, dad how did you how did you stand it during that time how how did how were you able to make it and he said son it was it was incredibly difficult and it was I wasn't doing well he said it was not until I got down on my knees and I said Lord this is of your hand this is of your hand and I submitted myself he said there was a peace that came over me and I let God begin to take over in my life and say, okay, God, even through this painful time in my life, I just submit myself to your will. When we get in trouble is when we fight against it, when we fight against God. But what about, what about when the clay hardens and continually resists? Continually resists. Continually rebellious clay or unruly clay finally ends up over on this side of the stage, and this side of the stage is called the potter's field. And outside of every potter's house, there was a potter's field. And the potter's field was, you wouldn't want to try to mow your, your lawnmower in the potter's field because the potter's field was the place of broken pots and broken. And it symbolized broken dreams and broken lives. In fact, if you go to Jeremiah chapter 19, uh, God speaks to Jeremiah again and he talks about his people being rebellious. And he tells him to take a pot. He tells him to take a pot and he tells him to shatter that pot and break it. And he says, he says if you continually resist me, this is what happens. You end up just like, just like shards of pottery. What do you do when you, when you end up like shards of pottery? And I think all of us can relate to having times in our lives when we feel less like this beautiful piece of pottery that Darren's making, and we feel more like this pile over here, the potter's field. By the way, did you know that, that, that they call graveyards in America for people that are incredibly poor, or foreigners, or don't have anyone to bury them. They bury them in places, and anybody know what they call those places? They call them potter's fields. They bury them in, in potter's fields. So as I was studying this message this week, I went down to a potter's field that I know of in Knoxville. It's a place called Water Angels. It's, it's sort of a church and a shelter for hopeless, rejected people that everyone's forgotten. In fact, our church, our church partners with Water Angels, and once a month we go there and and we preach. and And whenever you go to to Water Angels. I'm always struck by the back wall of their church because when you go to some prominent churches, you'll see a, a pew dedicated to so-and-so, somebody who gave an immense amount of money to the church, and so you dedicate this to them, and, and there's places of honor. But in, when you go to Water Angels, there's a wall of honor. There's a wall of honor for what I would call the broken people or the broken shards. And so I went there this week, and I, 
I took some pictures of the wall. If you'll go to the next. This is, this is Sally Wheeler. She died on the streets in Knoxville. She was hit by a car. But at Water Angels, they honor her, put her picture up on the wall. And then there was Cowboy Collins. I saw a picture of Cowboy Collins. He OD'd on alcohol. There was James Dixon. James Dixon died of unknown causes. Then there was Shannon Glenn. I'm sorry. And then there was, um, go to that next one, you, that one you, I didn't see. Yeah, there's Tracy Smith. She died in a car wreck. There's Ryan Gorney on the back wall. He was murdered. I saw a picture of Lester Walton. He was shot in a drive-by. These are Knoxville people. Slim Jones. Slim Jones. I got a picture of Slim Jones who, who overdosed. Faith Spencer. Isn't she beautiful? Faith Spencer. Could be your daughter. Could be your granddaughter. She's just found dead in a car. Some pictures on the wall. There's Travis Yardley. Who remembers Travis? He just drowned in the Tennessee River. I don't know if he fell in, if he was drunk, what happened. Just fell in the river. And then this one, I didn't even get her name. I didn't even get her cause of death, but she was had died and she was on she was on the wall. What about it? What about it when our lives are shattered? What about what do we do when it's not just a crack in the potter's wheel, but it's a smash up? Another prophet by the name of Zechariah was foretelling about the Messiah, and, and he wrote these words. Then I took my staff called favor and he broke it. They were always using symbols. And so he held up a staff and he called it favor. And so it was as if God's favor was being broken. Revoking the covenant that I had made with all nations, it was revoked on that day. And so the oppressed of the flock who were watching me knew it was the word of the Lord. And he's prophesying about when, when God's people would reject his, their Messiah. He said, I told them, if you think it best, give me my pay. What are you going to pay this Messiah? But if not, keep it. So they paid me 30 pieces of silver. And the Lord said to me, throw it to the potter, the handsome price at which they valued me. So I took the 30 pieces of silver and I threw them to the potter and to potter. I threw them to the potter at the house of the Lord. Now that sounds all little gobbledygooky until you understand the story of Jesus when he actually came. Who remembers the name of the disciple who betrayed Jesus? Judas. Anybody remember what Judas sold Jesus for? 30 pieces of silver. We read in the Gospel of Matthew that when Judas who betrayed him saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and 
And he returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What's that to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left, and then he went away and he hanged himself. I'm going to ask Noah if you'd come at this point. We're going to sing Jesus at the center in a moment. But the chief priest picked up the coins and says, is it against the law to put this in the, it, it is against the law to put this in the treasury since it's blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy a potter's field as a burial place for the foreigners. Probably where Judas was buried. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the 30 pieces of silver, the price they set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. Now, now, now hang with me for a minute. I didn't come to share with you bad news this morning. I promised you last week that I'm a gospel preacher and I'm a good news preacher. And hear the gospel this morning. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. Jesus died to purchase the potter's field and restore the broken pieces. What are you worth, Jesus? 30 pieces of silver. It's cheap. The money is so little, the only thing that they could afford to buy with it was ruined ground that could only be used to throw old pieces of pottery away. And at the end of that story, it says, meanwhile. I love that word, meanwhile. All this dirty deed is being done, and this potter's field is being bought. And it says, meanwhile, Jesus goes before the judge and he's condemned and he dies anybody want to guess what Jesus was buying with his blood he was buying back what he was disowned for go to the next slide if you will I, I told you about Stephanie Mitchum, she's a she's a Knoxville she's a Knoxville uh, saint in my mind. She was a Girl Scout mother who did a project to go under the bridges and give water to the homeless people, and that has expanded to become Water Angels Ministries, which now has a house for men and a house for women who are in recovery. So I went to see Stephanie and asked her if I could take those pictures this week up on the wall of her church and. And by the way, we're going to continue to help them like at Christmas time. She's going to she's going to supply a thousand work boots for homeless people because homeless people need good good shoes uh, to get around. And and so I said we'll take ten. So we're gonna we're gonna have pictures of homeless people here in Knoxville, and we're gonna buy them shoes uh, at Christmas time to help them out. But she's giving them a lot more than shoes. Go to the next slide, if you will. She said, hey, I want you to come over to our new house, if you would. 
And I want you to meet Pamela. Pamela's not feeling well this morning. She's, she's detoxing from crack cocaine. And um, my sister's name is Pamela. I told Pamela, I said, Pamela, I know you're feeling raunchy today. accept the fact right now that what you're going through is tough but the potter is at work in your life and he's taking these broken pieces and he's going to mold them and make them if you go to the next slide when we go there once a month this is Chris this is Chris last month he's preaching the good news down there at Water Angels it looks like a little horse tank in front of the pulpit that's more than a horse tank a baptistry the end of his message anybody want to receive Christ broken shards all over that room hands shot up anybody want to get baptized got a couple pictures of people being baptized beginning new life again with Christ I caught this last picture of Pamela. This is the brand new house that's just been built for recovering women right across from Water Angels. And she's looking out the window and she's looking into a bright future. She's looking into a bright future because the potter is at his wheel. winter and summer and springtime and fall and as you review your life and you think about the tough years and what if you said God bless the broken road all of it God even when I was marred Today we take our broken shards and we we say, Lord, here we are. I've made a mess out of 